Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louis. We need to talk to someone about Louis. <laughs> Gotta Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Kaurna people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and any First Nations Bluey fans who are joining us today. Bonjour, Mary Bolling. Parlez-vous français? Oh, man. Oh, we're mon passports. Look, your French. Like, my French <laughs> is much like Bandit's French oh, right. I discovered yeah. in this amazing episode, Pavlova. Uh, excuse me. Bonjour. Huh? Bonjour. I think he wants to be the chef. Yours? Ah, uh, look, it, uh, mal, I think is the right answer, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, on a scale of sacre bleu to... <laughs> <laughs> to très bon, it's probably mm-hmm. more on the sacre bleu side. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I studied French very briefly for a hot minute. Um in uni, uh, I think I did a, I did six months to the point where, like, I went to France and I could, I think I was probably bandit level. Like, I was getting around, you know, and being able to ask for things. Okay, fine. You can work here. Super! We are, if, in case you hadn't already twigged, uh, talking today about Pavlova. I, I'm loving this idea, Mary, to start off that um, maybe this is a continuation from phones, like when Grandad came over for dinner because... Ooh, yes. Yeah, because he ordered Pavlova from their restaurant and and curried sausages, and I'm guessing they're his favourite foods. So why and else would you... have the curried sausages for real yeah, life. Yeah, so, so why, why would you otherwise have almost a full Pavlova intact, you know, in your fridge? You'd think there'd be considerably less there the next day if they'd had it for granddad mm. and everyone had had a slice but perhaps he loves it so much they made two and there was mm. not even a full one left so yeah, yeah I, I think you might be onto something I, I associate those two episodes definitely <laughs> one thing I did want to clarify is is there pavlova all around the world like is this a universal cake or are we are we talking french to many other parts of the world should we should we take a moment describe pavlova okay well uh this episode has established it is not universal because after this episode aired uh many uh correspondents on our socials were scrambling to make a pavlova and work oh, out what it actually was right. uh, so yeah so i was loving that journey for them Oh, that is so exciting. I have to say, like, I'm, you know, I'm quite a proficient chef in general. Pavlova is my nemesis. I can never nail meringue. I don't know why. I just, it's too crunchy. It's not fluffy on the inside. I just. Uh, I think a good pavlova relies on not a quality chef like yourself, Kate, but a reliable (laughs) oven, unlike (laughs) any of the ovens in your life. That is very true. Yeah. I have had a journey of those. I know. I know. <laughs> this is the problem with living in beautiful character houses. They're just all too old and terrible, <laughs> like cooking appliances. So for, for for the listeners at home, a pavlova is basically like egg whites 
whipped up with sugar until mm-hmm. it's um, really stiff. And then you stiff peaks, as stiff the recipe peaks. says. Yes, and then you pour it out onto like a baking tray, and you've got lots of options. You can you can pipe it in a fancy way, or you can um, like people make it kind into of reeds. stand it up into turrets almost. Yeah. yeah, like sort of like a meringue pie sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have like lots of pointy bits <laughs> for the technical term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you put it in the oven and you bake it until it's hard. But then you like turn the oven off and you open the door open a little bit and um, like until the oven completely cools mm-hmm. so that then like you might get a few little cracks. But basically imagine like it's like a soft, sweet cake um, with like crunchy, almost like a brownie sort of exterior, and then you meant to yeah. have the smooth, um, sweet interior. It's yeah, like almost delicious. a marshmallowiness in the middle. Yeah, and I have to say, a pav is like standard Australian summer cuisine. Like, yeah, well, I, it doesn't end there. Then you just whip, like, yeah, yeah, you know, whip more cream, cream than on top. you could possibly fit in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and then yeah, you generally cover it with either. But some form of fruit, like berries are very popular, but you can do mango or some kiwi or mm-hmm. uh, they've, they've gone for the classic strawberries, blueberries, kiwi in this combo. Um, but uh, peppermint crisp goes very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With yeah. anything. <laughs> With everything, but especially on a pav. Yeah. Do you have any favourite pav combos, Mary? Uh, look, you know, they're all my favourite children. <laughs> Like cherries on a pav always looks beautiful, mm. yeah. Yeah, look, it's all delicious, but I must admit I like the topping and the cream better than a large amount of the actual pav. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the the sugar does get to overwhelming stage pretty quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm, you? yeah. It's a great, like, to uh, me a pav just says summer barbecue. So yeah. Yeah, and especially in the lead up to Christmas, like having a pav is very associated with Christmas for me. Um, but yeah, I also hate them because I can't bake them properly. <laughs> so like, I I love like if someone makes me a pav to me, that's a real sign of love because that's that's really Aww. hard. So, um, oh, yeah. they're just showing off their excellent oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, so you. You know, Kate's description of how to make a pav was all just off the top of her head. She wasn't, like, checking the recipe notes there. So (laughs) how many have you made uh, that have broken your heart to know all of that off the top of your head? I reckon I've probably done three failures. And the closest I've done was um, we used to every year do this um, big uh, community fate day for Mm -hmm. an organisation that we supported called Syndromes Without a Name when Olivia was still undiagnosed. And I used to do the bake stall, which was like a week. A thing to behold. Yeah, it was literally (laughs) thousands and thousands of like bags of baked goods. Mm -hmm. And and I had it perfected basically. I knew like I had a five-day schedule with like (laughs) – 20 batches a day to be done and then it all had to be cut up and bagged on certain days and stuff um, and labelled with all the ingredients. But, yeah, the the closest I've got is one successful batch of uh, brown sugar meringue kisses one year for for that baked stall. They were teeny little things, but they did work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but 
there's been quite a lot of disasters <laughs> on the path to that one success. And I think the only thing that worked for me, I get maybe you put a little bit of cream of tartar in as well and a bit of vanilla. Mm, Sometimes you can yeah, put a little bit of lemon zest. Uh, I think because we, we got a Thermomix that year. So mm-hmm. that was like the first year that I probably had, yeah, an appropriately whipping. requirements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you've got to really whip it good um, as the song goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Devo were actually singing about Pavlova's, Pavlovas in that song. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> Um, we open on Chile playing a board game with the girls, though, and um, sort of like lamenting her um, losing streak. Aww. Do you think that this is the game Risk? There was quite a bit of debate online. Look, I think so. You know, you can't read the words. They're kind of in that bluey verse, like, blur. But there are four let- clearly four letters in the mm. name on the box that's visible. Yeah. Um, the box also has like a little map of Australia and map of New Zealand. Like it might be the Australian Aussie New version. Zealand, yeah, version. Um, and like it, Bluey says later in the episode, you game with the little men, but they mm. look more like little animals actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've never played Risk, so I, no. I can't really give a firm opinion i did it i did a sneaky google and it does sort of look like that but yeah let's just assume that it is but what i was really interested in and i think this feeds into the name pavlova beautifully was that the game had an australian map and a new zealand map and just much like the origins of pavlova oh yeah hotly disputed that because Australia tends to steal all the best bits from New Zealand and claim them as our own. <laughs> Sorry. One of them being Pavlova. Like because mm-hmm. apparently it did originate in um New Zealand as a tribute to the ballerina Anna Pavlova who we did talk about at length in our episode work. Yes, um, we did. Yes, yeah. Uh because Chile is the great Pavlova. Pavlova. Very famous um, ballerina, Anna Pavlova, touring the world, and they wanted to create something um, that was as light and um, airy and as spectacular as she was. And apparently that's how the Pavlova dessert came into being, is a tribute to her and her fluffy white tutu. They decided to create it with a fluffy white meringue. I love it. Ah. I think there's another layer to this then in the in this episode and in the Australian New Zealand theft because yes. possibly uh, if we skip ahead to the game and uh, I think we've already highlighted the um, bandit leaning on elements of the French language to play mm, mm, this mm, particular mm. game. Um, have you seen? Uh, or heard the Flight of the Concords song. Food of Fafa. Yes. <laughs> okay. I saw them at Wembley Stadium when we lived in London. It was amazing. One of the best concerts I've been to. Uh, yeah, it was like peak Flight of the Concords moment, mm-hmm. circa 2009-10. And, yeah, it was a great concert. But, yeah, Food of Fafa. Um, if you're not familiar with it, is basically like a um, a sly dig at anything French sounding. <laughs> <laughs> voilà mon passeport. Ah, Gerard Depardieu. Baguette. 
amazing New Zealanders, the Flight of the Concords. Yeah, like yeah. the the whole premise is they're kind of New Zealand losers trying to be cool, right? Like and, Living they, and New they've York. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very well. But in this particular song, they're trying to be cool by just laying some French on the ladies. Uh, but of course, much like Bandit does in this episode, just pulling whatever French they can find. Which is charming. I think he even steals a line from that song. Oh, which one? Uh, US la bibliothèque. Oh, yeah. uh, no, discotheque. Yeah. Uh, well, Where's la discotheque? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, the lyrics I'm looking at for theirs is bibliotheque. Perhaps they say both in the Flight of the Concord song, but Bandit says discotheque. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I would have thought he'd be more a bibliotheque man than, but you know. Discotheque. I guess French Bandit is uh, all about the discotheque. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's both. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Up there for biblioteking, down there for discotheking. <laughs> Je suis la chienne. These are Edna Dami beans. Ah oui. Edna Dami beans. Où est la discotheque? Okay, but. So. <laughs> uh, this song, like, hilarious, love the Flight of the Concords take, but there is an Australian artist called uh, Greg Champion who... Oh, the Could Have Been Champions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Could Have Been Champions is a radio show that uses the premise of talking about football to just talk about life, really, mm, 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 <laughs> much mm. like this podcast uses the premise of Bluey. Um, <laughs> uh, but it predates uh, this podcast by about 30 years probably. Yep. Uh, you know, Melbourne-based, talking about AFL football, bunch of And they do music uh, as well. And, and they do music. Greg Champion yep. plays guitar. They do lots of kind of um, songs that take one song and then, recreate the lyrics um yeah it's basically like Weird Al Yankovic but for football yeah. songs right yeah like, exactly yeah, and so I, taking like a popular song rewriting the lyrics to be about yes. the football games on the weekend or something like that yeah um absolutely and yeah uh hi to my dad who I'm sure is listening uh I thank you to him because I grew up listening to the Coulda Beans and I reckon Greg Champion has a song called The French Song which is uh, to the tune of um, an Edith Piaf song, oh, uh, one of her uh, very catchy ones, je ne regret, uh, not, yeah, the, yeah. not the regret one. No, the other one. <laughs> to put it in broken terms. Uh, not, the regret. <laughs> not the one from Inception, the other one. Mm. Um, but <laughs> this song predates the Flight of the Concord song by about 20 years, mm. um, and I'll lay some of the lyrics on you. Ah, uh, escargot, soup de jour, cordon bleu, ah, Marcel Marceau. And they even do get to, much like the Flight of the Concord song, Gerard Depardieu gets thrown in there. C'est la vie, abattoire, I 
I think this was topical at the time, Le Rainbow Warrior, uh, when <laughs> oh, with Greenpeace because of, <laughs> when, um, yeah, in like the early nineties, maybe the yes, French the uh, new, took new, out the Greenpeace. Adults, yeah, <laughs> yes. they were doing the nuclear testing at Maroa. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, there. really a piece of the time. But anyway, yeah, this whole song <laughs> is just randomly plucked French phrases, and this is my knowledge of French, like just through pop culture and yeah I'm thinking of so many things I watched as a kid where there would just be one French character who would throw in a line and I still like Baba had French characters I think um and Baba was French and and Madeline um as well and I can still sort of throw back to um all the Zutolos and Sacre Bleus uh, of those Um, so what I'm saying is this episode is very educational. Our children will remember all the French terms for decades to come. <laughs> <laughs> ah, de Nord, Pavlova. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> In 20 years' time, they'll be walking around Paris saying, I am the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay, I have skipped ahead a bit because I yeah. got excited because of the Australian-New Zealand thing. But what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is Flight of the Concord stole it from Australia. It was Australian first. <laughs> yeah what's French for smackdown um <laughs> should we go back to the, the <laughs> yeah. uh, English language debate at hand um uh yeah the tete-a-tete if you will is that how you yes. say that I don't actually know <laughs> uh, between Chile and bingo <laughs> Yeah. So they're sitting at the table and Bingo decides that she's hungry and she doesn't want to eat the edamame beans from the sushi train. Okay. She would like some pavlova. And uh, Chili says no pretty firmly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bluey suggests... Bingo, I know. Do you want to play cafe with me? No, I just want some pavlova. Well, then I really think you should come play cafe with me. Ooh, okay. With the best wink you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subtle. Hashtag. Um, uh, so uh, I reckon it's about like two seconds after the girl's exit that Chili was like, you better get on that. And Ben's mm-hmm. like, I'm on it. He's, yeah. And he's, he's got the look. You know, oh, yeah. you know, whatever he pulls out of the bag is going to be impressive. So, yeah. There are a lot of looks in this episode. <laughs> It is very expressive, much like the French language, I suppose. Yeah. Um, all languages are expressive, I suppose. It's kind of the point of them. But, um, yeah. but you know, I feel like from Bluey's wink to Bandit's moustache wiggling, <laughs> the animators had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah. I, I quite like as well, um, before we get into, you know, what's happening in the kitchen, um, throughout this how Bluey really struggles to say edamame beans and it's a really – mellifluous word to say so you know but but one of the ways she said it was Edna Dame beans and like yes there is only (laughs) one Dame Edna oh yeah an an Australian icon you know Barry Humphreys (laughs) who plays Mooney Pond's most famous housewife Uh, Dame Edna um so Edna Dame uh the the Bluey has shouted out to Dame Edna uh Mm. before uh with Bluey's amazing Janet glasses as a granny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we've discussed they were very much Dame Edna glasses. Yeah, and I even um, felt like, is it Margaret? No, Karen. 
Karen, Margaret, you know, they're, they're just a little bit. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, both wow. the swim instructors actually. Anyway, I just thought that was cute because um, we're in a stage, Will always says rather than I'm excited, he says I'm exciting. Aww. And it just. He is I, exciting. <laughs> he is exciting. I always tell him this. I'm like, yes, you are exciting, Will. You, you lean into mm-hmm. this. Um, it's just such a beautiful thing. I never want to correct it. <laughs> so, yeah. So good. But, yeah, I'm loving just they the girls obviously don't know the word but say it so confidently every mm. time as yeah. well. <laughs> and <laughs> I wonder if, much like Bandit is doing, they get that from, like, <laughs> Bandit has no idea what he's saying and he's mm. saying it confidently. And, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. see the parallel. Modelling yeah. some just, yeah, just, you know, you don't have to get it right, just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, I feel like that's, you know, we've both done lots of travel and I do feel that that's, like, the key because most European countries anyway, like, people – if they can see that you're trying to speak the language, they usually just reply in English, which is condescending Thanks. and also awesome. Yeah, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, foreign yeah. people. Yeah. And the many languages you speak. But it just... It's not our fault we have no land borders. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, customer. He's new. That's a game. C'est combien, Pavlova? What's the Pavlova? Écoutez. Oh, well, at least our children will be fluent in French after this episode. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so plot. Um, yes, so Bluey is, is setting up cafe. What is it with gingham that screams cafe? Like, yeah. Certainly French cafe. I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah, I'm picturing, yeah. like, Amelie. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. those sorts of, like, very quaint French cafes, mm-hmm. mm, but mm. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, probably Italian cafes as well have that stereotype. No, yeah. maybe they're more white tablecloth. Um, I don't know, anyway, but I like it. It works. Adorable, gingham. Yeah, and Bluey is showing her new customer, Bingo, the menu, of which there is one item, which is pavlova. Uh, Expertly illustrated. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Then Enter Bandit. As mm-hmm. the chef. <laughs> yes, the monolingual f- chef, rare for a Frenchman. <laughs> he must oh. be from a very remote village. <laughs> yeah. I just have to say he got into character very quickly for this, which I was oh, yeah. very impressed with. Like how do you rustle a moustache at last minute, you know? It looks very drawn on, actually. Oh, you think it I was a, it wasn't a Sharpie scribble? or it would, yeah, take a while. Like Sharpie on fur, surely that's not a good mm, combo. Yeah. yeah, although, I don't know, I think fur reacts differently in the Bluey verse as we saw in Mini Bluey. With the hair they chalk. were just shaking chalk everywhere. So, mm. yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps yeah. it comes straight off. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what a magical universe this is. So... Bandit tends to like talks talks his way into becoming a a, a member of staff very quickly. Yeah. Like it's not really a job interview; it's more of a yes, I'm here. Mm, um, to Bluey's side eye, but Bingo, I feel is encouraging. Like yeah. she's she's like, oh, she's game. here for this. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> she's really interested. Pavlova. <laughs> That's a crumb. Uh, it's so small. Where my passport? Go back and get a piece that's this big. See. This big. And then uh, unfolds the drama in mm-hmm. getting 
like how how is Bandit going to stop Bingo from eating the pavlova? So lots of techniques here. Mary, what were your favourite ways that Bandit tried to thwart Bingo's pro- um, progress here? Look, going by my kids' reaction to this episode, the just absolutely like stealth horror move of just sauce all over the <laughs> once it's been served uh was just what a waste of good pav just, right like did yeah, you, I totally felt, i felt triggered oh, but, devastated yeah. and yeah that just shrieks of horror from my kids <laughs> <laughs> but possibly like a good threat to have in the back pocket like if bandits done it they might believe i would do it what are you doing would you do that? Would you give a fair shake of the sauce bottle over over a slice of pad? I don't think so. No, I have a like anti-food waste policy in mm. my house, even though my kids don't even eat their crusts, but it's an aspirational <laughs> policy. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't waste a whole slice of pav. No. You? Oh no, definitely not. Like no. you know, if if I'm if I'm choosing to bequeath the generosity of cutting a slice of pav, <laughs> there is no way that it I would stand for it uh, being uh, ruined with sauce, mm. unless it was a raspberry coolie and then fully endorsed. Oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. You could fake it and then eat it yourself. Yes. <laughs> like, if the kids thought it was sauce, you could just put it off to the side. Deep you fake. get extra coolied. Uh, <laughs> all to yourself. <laughs> I love this. I love this for us. Uh, let's go through some of the the things that Bandit says. Oh, please. So, uh, je suis le chien. I am the dog. <laughs> True uh, French words, never yeah. spoken. <laughs> no, there was some contestment uh, online contestment. Contesting um, online, I don't know even what I'm saying anymore. It's like, um, but uh, yeah. whether it was Kart Nord, which means North Map, or Ged Nord, which is a station Ooh, in Paris. So, yeah, I'm leaning to the second now yeah, that you've said that like, because you know the really random plucking of words that I think Bandit is to me. It on. screamed, "This is my backpack of French." Like, yeah, yeah. Écoutez, yeah. uh, which means listen. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, c'est combien pavlova, which is how much is the pavlova. Okay, that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, uh, c'est bon, which is it's good, which is, yeah, one of the few things he gets right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but does he say c'est bon very sadly? Hmm. I think because does he also say it's bad but says it very happily? Yeah, he says <laughs> très malade, which means mm, very yes. sick. But I was wondering because a few people are like, oh, and he's saying that all so wrong. Like, but like, let's, let's go back to our Bogan roots, Mary. Like if someone's like <laughs> saying sick ass. Not far to go. If someone's saying, oh, that's sick or that's really, you know, so sick, man, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, fully sick. Fully sick is like a big compliment in Australia. Yeah, so, so perhaps he has fully understood the meaning yeah, of the words. Yeah, very sick. Well, you can make me some end of mommy beans if you want. Tremolan! But I get to choose if I want to eat them or the pavlova. Hmm. Because it was said with great enthusiasm at the moment. Um, je veux la fenêtre, um, which is I want the window. By the way, my French accent is terrible, and I'm <laughs> so sorry to any French people who are listening and just, just like, just stick something say in Say it ears. confidently. End yeah. of barley. <laughs> There was one which um, 
like someone has done a lot of hard work for us and, and done an extensive list on the Bluey fan page, Facebook page. And one of the ones I wasn't sure about, though, was uh, Peu de Poisson, uh, which means a field for two fish. Um, ah. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if it was actually meant to be like a room because uh, I think is it pissoir is like a toilet yeah, so right. i wasn't sure if that's what he was trying to say like a room with a toilet but ah, getting okay. it a bit wrong that would be a throwback to backpackers as well yeah. when he asks specifically for a room that has a toilet in yeah. the room yeah <laughs> so but, mm, good question i didn't know about that one but anyway that's fine and then lots of uela discotheque uh, yes, as we were saying so good I think that's sort of the main ones. Oh, yeah, and Uemon Passports, which is, again, a throwback to backpackers, you know, yeah. where is my passport? Mm-hmm. Um, he also just randomly says Wednesday at one point, like, <laughs> Wednesday. Oh. Um, yeah, and then the one that we would sort of get to at the end of the episode is um, when he says something and, and Chili says, he just said that you're a booger. But I right. Think, I think the translation from what I've looked up and read and all the rest of it is actually you are snot. <laughs> so rather than booger. French insult or just yeah. like. D- yeah, it's that, hardly my little cream puff, you know. Like, like French people get in touch with this if that is like commonly thrown around the playground yeah. <laughs> in France. Please bear with me. That's okay. Bonjour, Pavlova. La yes, thank you. It's a good size. Bonjour. Thank you. Look, I I have laid bare my complete lack of knowledge of French, but going through that list, I thought I recognised more French phrases in there than I did. Like, mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Or perhaps that's that Edith Piaf song or something oh. like that. <laughs> But, no, it's just that all French sounds similar to this particular untrainedy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would like some sort of backstory explaining, you know, where How Bandit we- has, uh, has kind of uh, – archaeologically excavated all of these different phrases from and yeah that tells the story of a bandit in Paris <laughs> <laughs> now that is um, a special I'm here for yeah, yeah and tells the story behind each phrase the musical the American Paris, done. you know lots of dancing and oh, that'd music. be good be yeah beautiful yeah a werewolf in Paris no <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> No, 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 no. Let's let's just avoid. So Bandit has gone from um, offering beans to finally caving, offering a bit of pavlova, mm-hmm. brooding it with sauce. He's fired by Bluey. Yes. Then his next move is kind of low-key genius. He sets up his own cafe as a rival. <laughs> um, well, uh, on really a specific instruction from Bluey, mm. uh, well, he can take his funny talk somewhere else. I've got a cafe to run. <laughs> like, yeah. She is all about the business uh, of getting this Pavlova into this customer. You've got to yep. admire her work ethic. Yeah, I didn't quite like how she phrased it. I was just like, oh, lucky, insulting. But, um, yeah, it's like <laughs> we never say the words funny talk, people. But, um, yeah, but. At the same time, I was like, yep, uh, got to respect that business acumen. Clearly yeah. um, too much well, stock wastage and, you know, not yeah, enough. Uh, it did sound a bit 
yeah, go back to where you came from. But it was off the back of Bingo saying, I like his funny talk, which <laughs> appreciating difference is always uh, very important. <laughs> Anyway, my, my government hat is just like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, um, so Bandit sets up his own cafe specializing in mm-hmm. one, one product and one product only, yep. only edamame. Yes. And, uh, and Bingo is intrigued and she's, mm-hmm. she seems like she's going to be seduced by the, the Frenchy competition here. Where are you going? I just want to see the menu. Well, don't be long. Your pavlova's coming. Au revoir. Can I see the menu, please? Macrindy. Yeah, well, his uh, menu is certainly very stylish. Yeah. Uh, minimalist. But I don't know. This takes us to a place where I think is meant to be the big learning moment of the episode. Uh, bingo says no thanks on the end of Mame mm. and makes the point she's checked it out but she just doesn't like it when you make me. Mm. Like I got where it was going but was that the point of this episode? <laughs> like because at the start, you know, the whole this whole thing has kicked off because Bingo's hungry, offered end of Chili says, well, refuses and Chili says, well, you can't be hungry, mm. which, you know, what parent hasn't had that standoff? But no one has made her eat endamame. No. <laughs> so who who is she warning off making her eat endamame? Mm. It's just I don't like it when you make me eat something. Mon petit chou à la crème. It's a cafe competition. I'm going to get the sprinkles. The parents at all the dinner times all around Australia, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't picked up on that language, so mm. that's really interesting. Um, yeah, is this just the little rebel inside of Bingo just not wanting to be told what to do? Yeah, which, you know, not not that rebellious in the context of every child ever, not wanting to eat a green vegetable <laughs> when yeah. there's something else more delicious on offer. Um, but I don't know. I And let's face it, it's probably meant to be a teachable moment for the parent, not the kid. Well, <laughs> don't. What is the point of forcing your children to eat things they don't want to eat, which, yeah, it never ends happily. <laughs> well, see, I have um, a lot of lived experience in this, Mary, because okay. uh, my boys have been quite fussy eaters and it's I've been trying to play the long game with them for mm-hmm. a long time to try and like increase them to a normal range of fruits and vegetables in their diet. So, <sighs> so Will only this year started eating carrots and I reckon so I, I read this thing and it was like one of those horrible clickbaity articles that you read on Aunt Mamma Mia or, <laughs> All the time. or one of those things when Liv was younger. No, no, no. Actually, I know exactly what it was. Um, Kemi uh, Nev Kapil, who's oh, the, yeah. the life coach, she's just put out this amazing book called Power. Or like if you read it, how the cover is, it's like power, 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 power. <laughs> um, but um, I love I, power, power. So when Liv was five weeks old, um, I have a friend who's a nutritionist who's fairly well known. Her name's Lola Berry, and mm-hmm. she did a book launch, and Kemi was there, 
And at the point, Kemi was like this raw food goddess person. Oh, and okay. Kemi and I got talking and she was like, oh, my God, you're a new mom. And I don't know, maybe she took pity on me and I was on mat leave and things. And and she was like, oh, let's catch up sometime. And we ended up having lunch together one day at Abbotsford Convent. And she was like, Kate, I'm going to give you one piece of parenting advice. Don't be weird about green things. <laughs> and she's like, just, ah. she's like, just keep putting it on their plate, even if they don't eat it. Just keep putting it on their plate. And one day they'll lick it and then the next they'll nibble it and then they'll they'll eat it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give okay. that a go. <laughs> anyway, so then I had like Liv just ate everything, so I thought I was a genius. And, um, yeah, and then Will came along and did <laughs> not eat You are a everything. genius. But <laughs> But, like, yeah, Will did not eat everything. And, like, to be honest, it took, like, I think by the age of two, the only vegetables he would eat were cherry tomatoes or cucumbers, and that was it. And Mm -hmm. now he eats a really wide variety, and it's because literally from that age I was putting on all these vegetables every single day and not removing them and then just throwing them in the bin afterwards. (laughs) Like, you know, corn and beans and peas and all sorts of things. But she was absolutely right. Like some of them it took years. I think it took three years for him to eat a carrot and Uh now he eats his carrots without problem. But wow, literally like just years of keeping on putting it on their plate and not really like talking about it. If he didn't want to eat it, that's fine. But he had to try it. And mm. or like had to sit there, and then yeah, now he eats most veggies. That's so good, and props for the persistence. Did but you see anything click ever, or like did it just happen one day and you happy danced around the house? Yeah, it, it was literally like a month and a half ago that he came home. He was like, "Oh yeah, I like carrots." I was like, "What?" I think he might have seen a friend eating some in his lunchbox at Kinder and been like, oh, ah, yeah, I might just give that a go. Interesting. Okay. But it did take years and a lot of food waste. So, you know. <sighs> and your boys are excellent with eating well, so but many still, veg. Like I've just persisted with the ones that they do eat. So mm. when we have salad at dinner, I just don't put the salad on their plate because they've refused it so many times. But perhaps I wonder if it's too late at, three and five to start just like oh no the salad's always on your plate it's always been there (laughs) see if we get a breakthrough but Mm. um I I think there's a growing movement that what is the point of forcing it just creates kind of trauma is a strong word but angst around food no I I think trauma is a good word like I um I have someone very close to me that refused to eat tomatoes um for years because they'd been forced as a as a child to like they couldn't get up from the table unless they ate the cold ah. tomatoes had been served. Okay. So and that's like, rebel yeah. next level. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, we're talking like sitting there for hours. Like just no, just don't don't bother. And, like why do that to yourself, let alone your kids? Uh, and it's such a bad way to like it's always dinner time. And you know, standoffs at bedtime are a thing as well. It just sort of packs so much angst into the end of the day but at the same time you can't send them to bed hungry they've got to eat something (laughs) do you have any like what's your technique for that because mine's always been like if you don't eat dinner I'll just make you a sandwich and that's it that's the only other option no dessert no anything but yeah that's that's probably pretty smart um 
No, we we do dessert bribery, which I have since oh. read is not the right way either. Oh. <laughs> what a clickbait! Tell no us way what to is do. the right way. Uh, just you know, wander around speaking French, and hopefully they get the gist. Uh, but yeah, that that's probably the sandwich is probably a good idea having a backup. But then, at what point does the sandwich come in? Because mm. I know. You know, the sandwich being requested at nine thirty at night is a uh, is a familiar life hack in some of the uh, small people that I know. <laughs> mm. So yeah, the only the only parameters I have, and like this, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I haven't read a clickbaity article to tell me either <laughs> oh, way. Why don't you tell us clickbaity? I know, articles. come on. Um, but yeah, basically. I, I ask my kids to try the food and then mm-hmm. if they try it and they don't like it, I don't force anymore. I'm like, thank yep. you for trying it. Would you like a sandwich? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And, th- and then it's less like peanut butter, Vegemite or cheese or ham. Yeah. And yep. they can pick any combination of those. So, oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like and then it's just like it's a, yeah. 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 I feel like it's, like it's not attractive enough to be like, yeah, we want this all the time, but it's something that will fill them up and that they'll eat. Yeah, I think that's a perfect meeting place actually. Well done. Yeah, but we don't do dessert for kids generally. Like the only, yeah, the grown-ups just have dessert when the kids are in bed. <laughs> that is obviously the best kind of dessert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the kids don't really do it. So. Uh... Live hate sweet things and I don't know, I just I can't be bothered trying to feed everyone another meal. So Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I admire a family that could do dessert like regularly. Because it's because, prolonging dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just kind of over it by then. Yeah, well, like, we don't even have bath. dessert when the boys are. But, yeah, it's, I don't know, it sort of sweetens the deal from the uh, standoffs that have occurred. But perhaps <laughs> we could just remove the standoffs and remove yeah. the dessert. No, that would be a standoff now if we did that. Ah. <laughs> so um, Bingo, like, is torn between the two and uh, decides that she still wants to eat the pavlova and Chili comes in as she sits down and she's like, Dad said it was okay. Dad said I could. I know. I guess I have to trust he knows what he's doing. Oh, yes, you call me a booger. Love that. Love that too. And she's like, yep, that's fine. And Bingo's eating the pavlova and loving every mouthful. Um, Chili ha- is a dog that's been known to raise an eyebrow. Like I get <laughs> I get a slight raised eyebrow vibe from that scene. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like props to her that I think she even says he must know what he's doing. Or- yeah. I wondered if it almost threw back to the risk in the game of risk kind of comes to the fore here that he's taken a risk but obviously has a planned payoff in his Mm. head Mm -hmm. Um, and that is not clear to anyone (laughs) in all this chaos. Uh, But Chili is prepared to, uh, what's the term, hashtag trust the process. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had that as my Brene Brown moment, like right from the start when Chili was like, you better get on that. And he's like, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. But, but she knows that he's going to take care of it and she doesn't try and interfere even though 
no doubt she's just out there sort of with that slightly raised eyebrow going, why is he dressed as a French person? Why is he sitting at the cafe? Why is he tipping tomato sauce all over the bench? Like, you know, I actually think um, that was quite an insightful comment on dads in general mm. because, yeah, if, if as all, you know, if any parent is trying to always set this is what we're doing and how we're doing it. Yeah. It doesn't leave any space for that other parent to try new things and to take that risk and to, um, you know, to, to find their own way as well in how they parent. And, mm. yeah, I think as a long-term strategy, it just sets you up for failure as um, two people parenting because one yes. person then has to take all the responsibility if they're trying to always – manage how things are running so yeah I just thought that was a great lesson in you've got this and I'm just stepping back and walking you know not walking away but like just trusting that whatever you do is going to be pretty all right so and actually it's interesting because when there is you know in the in the conversation around blue when there is so much talk around these unattainable perfect parents it's a nice reminder that actually their approaches are quite different Mm. and different, you know, there's no one perfect way, but different approaches do work differently and, you know, achieve results differently too. Mm. So, yeah, and and we get that result in that final payout scene with Bingo finally eyeing off the one endomame bean, which also I think we've, we've skipped over a bit, but, which she now associates with fun, not only because mm. of the French chef, but because he taught her how to pop them out. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, who doesn't like fun food, really? Hey, mum, look at this. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> good shot. Yeah, and actually, that has worked for us. For some reason, Bon came out eating avocado. And from the first taste of it, I was probably the first taste, like the first food we gave him. Cass just spat it back in our faces and now he's three he's just started eating avocado and it's because he could see Bon having so much fun getting given just half an avocado on his plate and making guac out of it and just getting to mash it and mash it and mash it (laughs) and uh yeah Cass now mashes and also eats avocado so yeah the fun factor yeah I need that hack Mm. because Will's still turning his nose up at avocado and I'm like yeah you know what I'm sure you'll need a guaca party yeah (laughs) we'll see we did taco nice and he's still not into it so I was Uh, like but he didn't get to mash it himself so yeah that's true maybe if he Mm. mashed it yeah, I've heard that like having a garden and stuff can be amazing for getting kids to eat veggies they wouldn't otherwise like, yeah. you know, growing it, growing it yourself. Yeah. But on the flip side, there must be an easier way. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's find your dad. It's his turn. Okay, Mama. Mm. So, yeah, but bingo, finally, it's the edamame. So mm. has Bandit's risk paid off? Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah. And in that universal language, her response is... So, Mm. <laughs> which I think is the same in French. It's great. Mm. <laughs> Most valuable you, player, Mary? Uh, 
Look, it's it's got to be bandit in this, yeah. and the risk taking and the and the French love making, not love making, the French making. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the well, not about the love making, but yeah, definitely no, okay, about no, bandit. I take that back, yeah. yeah, I still just, uh, you know, you say maybe that the the this could have been a bit more respectful to the French uh, language and people, but look, I think when you know. The experience of all our childhoods is Pepe Le Pew. Like yeah, it could only improve true. from there. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, my goodness. Um, um, that's very true. Yeah. And uh, line for you. Uh, and I think, look, everything Bandit says is low-key French hilarious, but I think Bluey gets some pretty good lines in this. Um and they're all in character too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think her apologetic, like, wait staff to customer, <laughs> please bear with me. <laughs> it's just so, like, I feel like telling that to all the other customers waiting as I try and feed my children dinner and just deal yeah. with the chaos. Please just bear <laughs> with please me. Please just bear with me. <laughs> I just um, love that. Yeah, um, you? yeah, I love that throwaway from Bandit at the start, play the long game. It's oh, like, yep, yeah, that's it. A mantra for the ages with parenting. And well, he yeah. he uh, walks the talk in this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought, yeah, just uh, sets it up nicely too for the outcome at the end. So, yeah. So good. Why do I always lose? you got to play the long game. Mum, can I have some of the pavlova that's in the fridge? No. I think. Uh, oh, music. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, music, sorry. Um, so uh, original composition mm-hmm. um, and it's set in the style of, um, and I'm going to say this wrong because I'm not 100% confident in pronouncing it, but we'll give it a go, uh, Café Chantant, uh, which uh, means um, singing café or café okay. concert, um, and that's uh, basically a type of musical establishment that was associated with the Belle Epoque in France. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is generally kind of lighthearted and um, sort of a, a little bit cabaret, but like whereas cabarets are probably a bit more political, um, okay. these are sort of more lighthearted Just, and, and a little bit bawdy almost. So okay. you hear the traditional instruments that you'd probably expect to hear in one of those um, venues, like, you know, that sort of... Um, like what you would normally hear is like out in an outdoor cafe and they'd have a small group of performers, so maybe like mm. someone on double bass or um, a fiddle uh, or a guitar and those are the sort of instruments that you'd kind of hear um, or piano um, yep. and we sort of hear all that in the background and it's very much reminiscent of that beautiful French uh, cafe, if you like. Um, but, yeah, it was sort of... Um, start of 18th century was when they um, sort of really became established, um, particularly in Paris and London. Um, and then uh, then probably their widest popularity was in that late 19th and early 20th centuries. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, now it's just, you know, commonly associated with tourist traps <laughs> and cafes. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Oh, adorable. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. I mean, yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've been in Paris. Livy was um, not even one when we took her there. Um, mm-hmm. We stayed there for 10 days. And, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's so cheesy but also fantastic. You know, you go into a little cafe and you're sitting outside. There's the little um, chanton band. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, and you have, I don't know, like 
steak and fritters and French onion soup and, you know, like all the, you know, super. Um, what else can you do? Yeah. meals. Mm. Yeah. I mean, delicious. Well, so look, good. You're, you're preaching to the uh, tourist choir. Like when <laughs> the one time I've been to Paris, I went to the cafe where Amelie was filmed oh. and ordered creme brulee. So... <laughs> Um, we know that now from last week's recap, whale watching, you talked uh, so much about the amazing sailor's hornpipe. Yes. Um, but an update uh, from one of the Ludo storyboarders, oh, uh, Sarah yeah. Rackerman, she posted on Twitter when this when that episode dropped um, that, not going to lie, she did listen to a big sea shanty playlist uh, while she was storyboarding that one. So, <laughs> yeah, even before Joff laid down his sailor's hornpipe, there was a lot of uh, of sea shanty inspiration, which is oh, very adorable that. to know. Yep, me too. Um, and then also... I had a little, we know that now on that same note, actually, oh, yeah. that um, Alice in Wonderland used that hornpipe theme. And they have ah. um, some lyrics to it. It's like, a sailor's life is life for me. Yes. I love to sail on the big blue sea and I never, ever, ever do a thing about the weather. Because it never, ever, ever does a does thing, thing for, for me. me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. All the flashbacks. Uh, good pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Alice in Wonderland. It probably yes. doesn't hold up very well. No, probably <laughs> very. So crazy, like, but, um, like, just yeah, it's a bit of a sport now in Disney Plus. Like, how many movies are you going to click on that are like, this movie is really <laughs> racist, this movie is really sexist? Tell you what, you don't have to go far back. No. You know how Disney Plus had that Disney Plus day not so long ago and they put heaps of new, well, new old content up? Yeah. Um, there was one that was a short that followed Frozen mm. uh, and I can't remember what it was called, but it, the premise was, and, you know, okay, made after Frozen but pre-COVID, that Elsa had a cold but it was Anna's birthday. So she was pushing through the cold and running all around oh, Arendelle oh. with a cold, <laughs> sneezing, and every sneeze made a million more little snowmen who were all wreaking havoc. <laughs> watching this going oh it's terrifying oh my god it's a pandemic but Olaf yeah exactly (laughs) but but, you know obviously Disney plus day you know is it happening in the center of the pandemic (laughs) and they're just putting this content out there but the whole like you know it was maybe 10 minutes the whole thing was obviously built around Elsa being able to say a cold doesn't bother me anyway (laughs) Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, this is terrible <laughs> on so many fronts. Uh, yeah, so Disney, uh, you giveth and you taketh away. I <laughs> know. Oh, um, uh, I had a separate we know that now, actually. Oh, yeah, um, On Easter, because there's been a lot of Easter chat um, because Ooh, yep. we've recently celebrated Easter. And um, two things. So in the episode, there's a big emphasis on, like, he remembered us. Yes. And you and I were in church on Good Friday when they were singing Jesus remember me when you come in when we come into your kingdom. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, this is like he's remembered it's- us. Re- Jesus remember me, you know, maybe this is 
Ah. Like, because that's a big part of my childhood Easter memories is sitting, you know. Definitely. Like, basically, it's like the running joke with Australian Catholics, right? That you generally only go at Easter and Christmas. (laughs) So, you know, for most people, that would be the connection with the church for the year. You know, it's it's a very memorable thing, that particular Easter ceremony as well, Mm. because it is quite long. That song is quite dirgy. And usually, there's like a lot of serious looking people processing in Mm, with a mm, full-size cross as it's being sung as well so it's the kind of thing that sticks in your memory um but yeah like remembering and being remembered is definitely yeah I feel like an Easter theme I do too and then in our podcast remember how we were talking about the toilet paper and whether or not Chili would have drawn on oh yeah Easter eggs (laughs) Well, this was answered in the Bluey Easter book and I only realised when we were rereading it the other mm-hmm. week that in um, when they're looking in the first toilet, there's a packet of what looks the equivalent of like, I don't know, a sorbent or a Kleenex yeah, or something, yep. but it's got a special Easter bunny print on the side. Yeah. So I feel like we've gotten our answer in that Chili I, has I, pre-bought the toilet paper. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's even in the episode itself, not just the book, and oh, maybe just missed it. Right. There's a lot to keep up with people like, you know, no, we never claim to be thorough or professional. So. <laughs> Absolutely neither of those things, yeah. Uh, but we have talked for an hour, so yeah, that's got to be some kind of thorough. Um, okay, I think we're there. I might leave. We are so thankful. <laughs> We were there. Oh, we've been there for so long. Um, that was fun. Uh, if you want to join the fun, uh, send us your English and or French observations on our socials. It's at Bluey Pod on Insta and Facebook at Bluey Podcast on Twitter. You can email us blueypod at gmail.com. And yeah, we, we can't wait to hear from you. Um, yeah, especially with any Australia versus New Zealand origin of mm, French mm, songs mm. content. Like that that's very <laughs> close to my heart. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have more to talk about that next Sorry. week. But uh, I love that our niche podcast just got even more niche. <laughs> yeah, that, next that's week. definitionally. It's gotta, gotta be, be done. done. Bye. <laughs> you better get on that. On it. <laughs>